VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. There's lots to talk about here, John, as we get to Toto uh, Wolf, team principal, CEO of Mercedes. But, John, the real issue here to me, and we're going to do a little bit more spanner and CISPAR. I was reading about the CISPAR. Okay. Folks, the side impact bar is very, very important for all these different cars. I look forward and to you flexing your knowledge more, on this. Yeah, thank you. All this right. is more of an engineering <laughs> I think discussion. I you're looking at it. Maybe what we've had I hope before. Toto's not running away from the camera. He joins <laughs> us now. Toto Wolf, team principal and CEO of Mercedes AMG Patronus Formula One. Toto, fantastic to catch up with you, sir. Let's just start with this new racetrack. We've spoken to a couple of people about it already. What kind of feedback, Toto, are you getting from the drivers on the simulator going into race weekend? Yeah, first of all, good morning. Good morning to New York. We can also talk uh, side impact structures if you wish, but <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna lose some of your uh, some of your uh, audiences. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm skilled at that. <laughs> yeah, we can jump on a separate call. I'll tell you. Um, so the drivers have been in the simulator, and I spoke to Louis last week um, when we had a meeting um, in the factory, and he said the straight is so long um, and impressive, but we don't really know what to expect because, as you mentioned before, we're racing between 10 and 12 uh, local time. Nevada nights, I've heard, can be pretty, pretty cold, and the only night racing experience that we have is uh, Singapore and a little bit of the Middle East, but uh, obviously never on a new track, uh, uh, close to five degrees centigrade uh, with um, Pirelli tires that have never experienced these kind of temperatures. It does raise some questions as to why it's being hosted at this time of the year, at this time of night. Toto, how did that come about? And would you push for a change next season? Well, obviously, uh, Las Vegas stands for entertainment and show, and and Liberty came up with the plan, which is which is great, to be honest. We have not, not raced in Las Vegas for a long time, certainly not in um, modern Formula One, and uh, going there with this new format in the night is going to be spectacular. I think uh, it's been said before, the track is brand new. That means the surface can be quite um, greasy or oily because that's what asphalt do, does when it's new. Uh, we haven't raced in those temperatures, as I said before, but in any case, it's going to be a big spectacle. Uh, I don't know whether we will be sliding around or whether the track is going to be really grippy, but we shall find out in a few days. We've been talking about qualifying and the prospect of maybe needing to do two, three laps to get tyres up to optimal temperature to put in that quickest lap. Toto, any thoughts on that at this point? Um, yeah, we've had it in the past that sometimes you just need to slowly warm up the tires because if you push them too hard at the beginning they grain you know then they you slide over the surface the grip is never going to come so bringing them in driving them carefully getting them up to temperature um and that could last uh, a few laps depending and we're getting a little bit technical here uh depending on how much you heat your rims and your brakes beforehand and 
teams have various concepts. They either want to have the front tires pretty cool and, and long-lasting, or you hit them a lot, which gives you grip for a, for a single lap for qualifying, but obviously harms them for the race. It could be chaos, or it could be really exciting to one or the other. It goes to a conversation we've been having all season on this programme, Toto, just how you balance pursuing commercial gains without compromising race quality. What do you make of the current balance of Formula One? I think we had that balance, uh, to cope with that balance for, for a long time. And I think why we love the sport so much is because it's honest. Entertainment follows sport. We're not designing regulations or content because we, we, we want to create scripted content uh, with a certain outcome, with a certain uh, degree of uh, non-variability. We're doing this, we're launching ourselves. There's technical regulations, there's sporting regulations, and then off you go. With a certain, within a certain framework of uh, cost cap, which is similar to the salary cap uh, in some of the US leagues, everybody has the same starting point. And then we launch ourselves into this. So it's honest. The stopwatch never lies. And, and therefore, the entertainments follow suit. And yet we go through these periods of dominance. We saw it with Ferrari late 90s, early 2000s. We saw it with you, Mercedes, for a long time as well. And now with Red Bull. So Lewis has said recently in the last couple of days, the Red Bull is so far away. I think they're probably going to be very clear for the next couple of years. From your standpoint as team principal, is that a realistic assessment of the future, the next couple of seasons? Well, we're giving it all um, to, to break a cycle. Like you said, we had um, five years of dominance of Ferrari, then we had a short spell of Red Bull, and then it was us um, eight times in a row. And and now it's the second constructor championship for Red Bull or the third driver championship with a indeed very good driver. So we are, you know, with all we have, um, back in the factory and at the racetrack, we're trying to come up with a car and with, with an execution that is as good as it can be. And we have a next cycle of regulatory change in 2026, but we got to turn this around there. Well, for this race, and, and I think Toto Wolf, it's, it's very clear. There's three late races left, Las Vegas, and then back over to the Middle East, Qatar and Abu Dhabi. Are you racing right now for next year? Yes, we have, we have done for quite some while. We're still fighting for the second championship um, in the constructor championship. We, we are uh, second at the moment and Ferrari behind us. So that, that's an interesting one. Um, but, you know, Deep down, mm -hmm. second or third, third place doesn't matter. We got to, right. with all humility, fight for the front, and that's why many months ago already we've switched and we transitioned to a new car. Toto, there's a, f a phenomenal photo of three Austrians: Niki Lauda, Toto Wolf, and a guy named Schwarzenegger. It's a really, really cool photo. And to take what Arnold Schwarzenegger did, and all of our American audience removed from F1 understands the tie-in here. When you look at, at, at the showbiz of Formula One, the Netflix success of which you're a star, has Formula One gone to showbiz in 2023? Obviously, you know, there's a few Austrians of us that have gone um, beyond, <laughs> beyond the country, uh, and Schwarzenegger probably the biggest. And I was lucky enough uh, to uh, be very close friends with Nicky. We traveled the world around in his function as chairman of the team. and. There were very valuable lessons that I that I could learn. Did we go beyond the sports? Too much entertainment? No, I don't think so. Um, we have uh, we're trying different formats with the sprint race weekends and all Las Vegas racing in the night. And if it needs calibration to provide a better show, whilst 
staying true to our values of the, the honest sport. I think we've got to try it. But the core product, the Grand Prix on Sunday, within the regulations, financial, technical and sporting is always what Formula One has been uh, all about. Let's finish on the prospect of expansion, Toto. I believe you've been against the expansion of the grid. Do you think it's now ultimately inevitable? I think we, the 10 teams that have been in the sport have been so for a long, long time. Uh, the smaller teams or midfield teams have gone through a lot of hardship a few years ago when COVID struck. Um, but in, in any case, they, they fought for survival and here we are with the cost cap kicking in. Um, the teams have, most of the teams have turned into profitability and, and finally uh, are in a, a sustainable way and continuing. But that is not a given. You know, we, we are on a high at the moment and, and therefore we, we, we've got to respect what the FIA and the commercial rights holder are going to decide whether they want to have an additional team joining. And obviously, if we are being asked, we're saying as long as it's a creative for the show, as long as we provide a better, better entertainment, more income, uh, why would any team be against it? But fundamentally, it's, um, it's somebody else that decides. And Toto, it's wonderful to catch up with you, sir, going into race weekend. Good luck to you and the team. I'm looking forward to watching the race over the weekend. Thank you for being with us. Toto Wolf there, team principal and CEO of Mercedes-AMG Patronus F1. Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders, when white men poured into Osage County and killed Osage people for their oil wealth. I'm Rachel Adams Hurd, the host of In Trust, a podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartMedia. For over a year, I was reporting a different story about other ways white people got Osage land and wealth and how a prominent ranching family in Osage County became one of the biggest landowners here. Their ranching empire was built on land that at the turn of the century was all owned by the Osage Nation. So how'd they get it? Listen to the award-winning podcast, In Trust, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.